right, good evening. It is 6 p.m. here at Radio Free Brooklyn and Resonance FM 104.4 in UK land. That means you're about to start listening to Sitting with Jan Luca. I'm Jan Luca. I'll be sitting with you till 7 p.m. And sitting with me is uh, keyboard wizard Brian Mitchell. And if you have ever seen B.B. Um, King play or the Leave on Helm band play or uh, if you've ever listened to... Um, uh, one of Les Paul's records. I mean, there's a whole number of bands. Anyway, he's uh, one of those side men that sort of just to the left of the stage or to the right of the stage, just away from the spotlight. He's uh, he's uh, working, uh, sitting down, pushing buttons and building his own sort of little uh, biosphere of music while, uh, while the spotlight is on somebody else. And to coin a phrase, I suppose, to, to poach from the title of a documentary, Four Feet From stardom and uh, anyway brian mitchell is sitting with me today till 7 p.m and uh, i'm gonna bring him on mic in a second but i'm going to play just so you get to know who uh, uh you are going to be listening to i'm going to play a track of his off his uh, brand spanking new cd songs from the lower east side and uh, this is called walking just gonna fade it down here i will be compiling a spotify playlist so if you want to listen to whole tracks you can do so at uh, it'll be a sit the, the sitting with jan luca play playlist which will probably be titled sitting with brian mitchell and uh, that is off his New CD, brand spanking new CD, songs from the Lower East Side. And uh, I just happen to have Brian Mitchell oh, sitting sitting right here with me here. Hey, Brian. <laughs> oh, grab that mic. 
You got that? Wait, get it right close. Are you on? Yes. Oh. Try no. There we go. Oh, there, there we you go. are. All right. All right. He has risen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian, thank you for sitting with me. This is really, this is really very cool because you are a keyboard player extraordinaire and and played with a whole number of people. But I, I um, is, is this your first so like CD in your own name? Um, no, Have I've actually done? got a couple of them. Okay. But I wasn't ever happy with it. And during this, during the pandemic, I was, uh, we're still hearing that track. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll, okay. I'll turn it down right. a bit. Yeah. Um, so during the pandemic, I actually was doing a lot of recording sessions and um, I did it some big, bigger studios. And I reached the point where I thought, you know, I never liked the way my previous self-made CDs were. And I just decided to go into Studio G in Brooklyn which is one of the last of the old time uh-huh. big rooms and everything. And I just said, I owed it to myself. So some of these tunes are re-recorded tunes that have been around somewhere new, but uh, I just felt like I wanted to do it right. Piano and drums and bass in the same room, big room. And uh, so that's, that's where it came from. Oh, is it like track live? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did some overdose. Basically yeah, yeah. everything is live. It's a sweetening. Yeah. Or and it was Sean called. Pelton on the drums. Okay. And uh, Zev Katz on the bass. Very simple. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah. So, what did you not like about your other two? Well, uh, <laughs> the you know, cost efficient, trying to do everything myself and everything. Oh. And so there were things, uh, and that's why I wanted to do it right into a big, you know. All right. Yeah. So you know, I'm all about uh, you know, do it yourself projects and that. But at a certain point, I wanted the thing to sound very good. So I kind of went all out personally just to make it sound as good as it could be. So. so uh, uh, how long then have you been a piano, like professional piano player, sideman session? Yeah. <laughs> it's a few decades, right? It's you can say long... within the next, the, the, the nearest 10 years. About <laughs> it's been a long, long time. Okay. That's all I've ever done. So, All right. Yeah. Oh, that's all you've ever done, right? It's the only job. You've never had a real job. I had a few, a few up until I was about age of, 2021 all right and then ever since then it's been this this, oh. this life <laughs> what was what was your first professional gig my first professional gig was playing at my grandmother's senior citizens club in the bronx oh. and playing for a bunch of old italians oh. and, uh, i always tell people it was still one of the most rockingest gigs ever because my grandmother who was old Italian woman who was kind of like the fred sanford in those old you know, she's always an old woman who's like, you know, close to death constantly for her whole life. But then if I played the accordion or the piano, suddenly she'd shake the tambourine and jump up on the. Oh, yeah. And so, and all those. So that old, uh, that senior citizen's first gig, all these Italian women were jumping up. And uh, I definitely felt like a rock star at a very early age. Oh, wow. So. R- rock star in front of rocking chairs. Yes, there right. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Then you know you're rocking, man. Yeah, rocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rocking. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting, actually. I, I, well, you know, I'm going to be an old Italian in a home soon, so maybe you come and play for me at <laughs> yeah, some point. Yeah, you know, come full circle. Come full circle. <laughs> 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 no, because uh, I was sort of, um, I, I want to scrape away at that in a little bit, but is there a difference then between, um, between you playing a side gig 
I don't know if that's the right word, side gig, but as a side man, let's say, is that the right vernacular? For a long time, I uh, made my living as a side man, for sure. Uh, okay. So what is the difference then between when you're on, when you're playing as a member and when you're uh, band, the band leader, when it's your own project? Well, you're serving the vision of the artist that you're working for. So uh, you know, that comes with certain, uh, you start to read them, you know what they want. But on my own gig, it's just my own vision my own music and I do things the way I want to do it. So it's an absolute much more freedom. But I did, my gig with Levon Helm was a different kind of sideman gig because he loved to share the stage with everyone there. And I sang four tunes a night and everyone got to express themselves. So that was sort of a bridge as a sideman gig, but also to my own music. And Levon always pushed me to do my own thing too. So, oh. so it was, it happened at a time when, that gave me more of, let's say, the confidence or uh, the positive reinforcement to do my own thing. Oh, really? Oh, oh was no he, doubt. Was he? Oh, because usually you're just serving the artist. Yeah, and I Levon. know what the, I get a sense for what they want, and I do it. But Levon was also about bringing my personality and other guys in the band bringing their personality to make it something as a whole. There was a band. All right. And so um, it was a very fun gig to have for, for a long time. Oh, that's interesting, actually. That's interesting that he, uh, I mean, first of all, he came from, well, the band, yeah. which, which definitely was not, it, was, it wasn't really five individuals. It was really one individual split into five pieces, right? Yeah, and they I all sang lead and they, yeah, all, yeah. and they all brought, you know, uh, their personalities into it that made it sound like the band. Yeah, so yeah. That's it, where he came from. That's where he... That was his tradition. Uh, yeah, because that was sort of a single unit yeah. in many ways. And they were all powerful personalities. And Yeah, right. And so... Uh, but all managed to function in, in the service of one big thing rather than five. Because they were in service of the music. Yeah. And that's a big difference. Yeah. You know, it's not about... E it was never... And he, uh, that's the other thing working with him. It was never about egos. It was about playing music. Right. And the interesting thing would happen was we had all the most famous rock stars that would come sit in with us and play... But they just inherently knew when they were around Levon to keep that ego stuff in check. Right. And it was only about playing music. I actually never heard anybody at the Rambles in Woodstock ever make it about themselves. They just sort of inherently knew. Uh -huh. You just, you're up there to play music. There's no star tripping going on. Right. Yeah. Also, I can't help thinking that being a drummer, I mean, he was also a singer and he, I know he played guitar and mandolin and yeah. other instruments too, but, but, a lot of his time was spent in the engine room. And I can't help thinking that being a drummer, you have to have a certain uh, generosity to to the song, as opposed to, say, a lead guitar player that can kind of be flash. But a drummer, yeah. drummer has to sort of really be in service. He can't really do his own thing. He's really shackled to the bigger picture, right, in a way that maybe other instrumentalists are not. Absolutely. And also, as a drummer... He absolutely played to the song. He never showed off yeah. certain licks. You could tell. I mean, he he's a guy that listened to lyrics and he played his stuff appropriate to what the song was. Probably, probably is one of the best that there's ever been in rock and roll, in my opinion. Oh, best drummers? No, not best. Best every serve serving the song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, he yeah, played yeah. great drums, but it you never like. It was never him showing off. It was just like whatever the song needed is what he did. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, a big yeah. difference than. 
other, you know. Uh, uh, I, I would have to sort of uh, up it and say, uh, I think he's one of the greatest singers as well. Oh, no doubt about it. Because you, I mean, the, the art of singing for me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you know more of this than me, but for me, the art of being a great singer hasn't really got anything to do with the voice. That That's just physics or, or biology, but it's whether you can really make the listener believe. And I always imagine that, you know, when he was, I don't know, 23 years old and he's telling, he's telling the world that he was alive in the Civil War and sees Robert E. Lee. And then we all believe him. We don't for a second question it, <laughs> you know. He brought an authenticity to everything he sang. Yeah. And you absolutely believed it coming out of his mouth. Perfect example of a, that song, Atlantic City, oh, gosh, which was a yeah. Springsteen song. Yeah. But when he sings it, he makes it his own. You believe he's a character in oh. that song. Oh, yeah. Let's see if I can bring that up on the fly. If I've got my uh, octopus arms, we should play a little (laughs) bit of that. No, in fact, you know what? Because I've got it already queued up. Something with you. Uh, I have something with uh, you on it, right? That you're playing on with him at the Ramble? What do we have? Oh, uh, that's... uh... Got me a woman. Oh, yeah. Well, that's uh, from Dirt Farm. Oh, no. Stuff you got to watch. Are you on that? You're on yeah. that, right? Oh, yeah. I love that one. Let's have, can, uh, How about that or Kingfish? You can all. Oh, no, oh, Tennessee Jed. Wow. One stuff you got to watch. That's the, you like that yeah, one? Yeah. Okay, let's play that. That's uh, So, uh, Stuff You Got to Watch with my press, uh, guest, Brian Mitchell, who's sitting with me till 7 p.m. And, uh, and Leave on Helm. Let's see. Stuff You Got to Watch.
Electric Dirt, and that is uh, with my guest here at Sitting with Gianluca, Brian Mitchell, playing uh, accordion on that. Yay! All righty. Uh, when did you when did you start working with Levon, and how did you start working with Levon? Uh, I was around 2004, somewhere like that, and um, Jimmy Vavino called me up, and they were starting these midnight rambles as a way to pay the rent and get him out of some financial trouble. Yeah. And so it was every Saturday, and they just started doing it. He says, you want to come play with Levon Helm? And I was like, man, that's the, I can't think of anything I'd rather do on a Saturday night. And so he took me up there, and I played. At the end of the night, Levon said, I'll see you next Saturday. I said, damn right you will. And, oh, you know, and 10 years went by with that. So. 10 years went, went by, and you were kind of his keyboard player, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. you were actually there every single... Every Saturday. Every Saturday. Yeah. Uh yeah, a really outstanding musician. Uh, and did he? How did he? How did he communicate? You know, did you ever rehearse and stuff? Never. Or, okay, yeah. All right. No, we never did. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I mean, with a band sometimes, but never with him. We'd run over some stuff, but basically, we just played. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, he, I always, I always uh, assumed that he was one of those switch on, switch off musicians that could just do it regardless. Oh yeah. Completely. So, I mean, he he grew up in the bar rooms and the the shacks of the deep south, plus toured with Ronnie Hawkins. I mean, he spent a lot of time behind <laughs> the tubs. So yeah. there are certain people. Um, I I I heard Gene Vincent's guitar player once tell me that Gene Vincent was like that. That he he was always switched on. Like it didn't matter. I mean, uh, Gene Vincent had a lot of issues actually in his later life. He was a fierce alcoholic and yeah. barely able to stand. But when he wheeled him on, a, I'm not suggesting Levon was like that. He wasn't like that at all. But just like Gene Vincent, when he wheeled him on the stage, he, he was suddenly he'd sort of come to and he was uh, Levon was a hundred percent of the moment when we played. Okay. I mean, and even when he was in poor health. Uh, he brought it every time, which is those are the kind of people I always wanted to be around. Because uh-huh. I'd like to think that's what I relate to. So, uh, you know, so he was an inspiration. I mean, if you weren't going to get up there on stage with him and play some, uh, let's say, you just had to play. You had, you had to bring it. All right. So he was a perfect uh, leader. In that yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what What is then, if you, I mean, what does it take then to, to, Back, I guess you half answered it. But what is the difference um, between working with a musician live and working with a musician in a studio? Uh, well, um, it is. It's just. It's a different process. I don't, I don't know if I can put it to words, but it's mm. just. Uh, well, first of all, of the of the moment you're on stage, you're live. I mean, just. I mean, old school recording. Of course, it's usually it was done at the the moment of time, but especially these days. You can always redo a part, but yeah. you can't redo it when you're on stage. So that brings a certain kind of energy. But uh, back in the old days, recording was more like that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so. Up until quite recently, probably. Uh, I think the Beatles were the first yeah. to start. Yeah, once the multi tracking and doing that. But before that, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that's a different way to record too. I mean, 
back in the days when you record, if you made a mistake, like for instance, uh, I did this BB King record. Okay. And the BB King record, we uh, BB made a mistake, and he said, uh, "All right, let's do it again." And the engineer, who was this kid, said, "We could just uh, overdub it." He goes, "Well, why not play it again?" And <laughs> and we were the whole band's like, "Hell, let's just." <laughs> I want to play with B.B. King as many times as possible. Uh, and then the, even the kid goes, "Yeah, but you know, you're isolated. The guitar is isolated. You could just, and he oh. says, well, why would I want to do that? Oh. So there's a perfect example of an old school guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. in B.B. King's day, you you recorded an album on your day off, right? I'll give you a perfect example. I used to, uh, I used to work with the Uptown Horns. Uh -huh. they, they had this story about, before I was with them, they went into uh, maybe the power station, someplace. I can't remember where the, the studio was, but they uh, they ran into James Brown, mm. who was going at the same time. And at the end of the the day or at the end of the session, they they ran into him again in the elevator. And he said, uh, "How'd you do?" And the, the the horn said, "Yeah, we got a, a good take of the song." He goes, "One song I recorded a whole goddamn record." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, those old guys went. And sometimes they go in after. A gig, yeah, you know, and and play it and record an entire record, yeah, midnight yeah, yeah. to six in the morning, eight in the morning, so, yeah, 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 because they would by that point they'd been on the road for so long that they were super polished. I yeah, mean, they didn't yeah. really need any. They didn't right, really, well, exactly. That's another thing that's different in these days. Back then, you you you've got your material on the road, you've got it down, you go in, you play it, and you walk out. Yeah, um, it's a little more rare uh, these days. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> well, there's I, not as many. You know, road gigs like there was in the day. True, true. Yeah, there's less touring going yeah. on. Uh, as a, But I remember being in a recording session once with, um, it was new school and old school, but it was Della Soul, well, new school at the time. Yeah. And they were doing something with Maceo, with actually the whole JB band minus JB. And of course, you know, they're all super, super, super tight. Yeah. There's no there's no air between them at all. And uh, and I remember they were in and out in uh, four hours. They did the whole, I think they did a couple or three tracks. It was early early 90s. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I just remembered that here was a highly polished touring band and they meet Della Soul for the first time. They listen to the demo for the first time on a cassette and they go, okay. And they they uh, they cut the the rhythm track and while they're listening back to the to the band's recording, uh, I might have been Pee Wee, pro or probably Fred Wesley, jotted down the Hort charts on the manuscript while they were listening to the playback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they recorded it, and they were gone. The it wasn't even nighttime yet. Sure, yeah. Um. So so when you and when you do that, I guess that what I'm. I told you that to tell you, ask you this really: that when you're doing it, how much time do you have you had uh, usually to uh, to think about what you're doing if in a studio situation? I'm kind of more of an old school guy. I usually come in, play it, and leave. Okay, <laughs> and that's sit around and play it a thousand times. I'm pretty good at hitting, right. hitting it the first one or two because oh, cause it just happens to be. I'm pretty good at that, you know. Do do you yeah. do you know? Have you heard the song before? Some of the mostly, Some, sometimes, always. A lot of the times, not. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, you know, you mentioned BB King, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, play something off the track that you're on, off the off the album that you're on. Uh, oh, BB King and Friends. Oh, his 80th birthday. Yay! Yeah. Um, uh, ain't nobody home, right? With Daryl Hall, you're on this, right? Yeah. So, uh, just before I hit play on it, what is 
when did you meet BB or when did you hear this track? What was the what was the lead up to you playing? You're all in the same room, right? Are you yeah, all playing so all in the it same room? Well? I walked in. We'd never played it before. Had you met before or what? No, no. Uh, oh, you hadn't met at all. Okay, no. And I, they just they called me up and they said, "Do you know this tune?" And I did, but I went and made sure I knew it. Okay, and then and I came in and we played it just like that. Almost all those were first takes. Oh, on really? On the whole, oh, you're on the whole record, right? Yeah, half the record. Half the record. So, so wait, I want to get in the weeds of this because, you know, you're with B.B. King, for goodness sakes, worth getting in the weeds with B.B. King. What what time? Like, did you did you turn up and you, you hadn't set eyes on each other before? You right. just shook hands and yeah. you said, hi, I'm B.B. King. Yeah, and then... Uh, Nighttime session, daytime session? Daytime session. Okay. Yeah, and then... Uh, and it was... I mean, it was incredible because... We, before we played, we are just sitting having coffee, and pretty soon he's talking about, you know, being in the cotton fields and uh, or talking about other things, and it was just like I felt like, you know, I could journalist and yeah, tell me more, yeah. tell me more. You know, I'm, I was young at the time, too, so I was just eating it up, but I would have ended at any time. I mean, he's just, you know, people like that, they have a presence. He was yeah, yeah. almost like a royalty. And, oh, and very, very, like a real gentleman, too. And a real very, gentleman, very, very, yeah. Um, and, and, and I don't, I don't want, to, I don't want this to come off like a bad mouthing anybody. But uh, John Mayer was also on the mm -hmm. on the recording, and he was talking more pop culture references and this and that. Oh yeah, and being excitable and doing this, and it was sort of the opposite. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe I heard he's he's gotten better with that. He doesn't feel the need to do that, you know. Yeah, I think he was talking about. Um, Hanging out with Lindsay Lohan and uh, oh yeah, that was good. I have no idea what any of that means. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we're like, oh, could you shut up? Uh, we're talking to BB King. <laughs> yes, anyway. Yes. No, but I wish no, him the best. Yeah, yeah. No, yes. I mean it's a uh, uh, the but but so once you met, you walk in, you shake hands, and then how much? How long after that you first meet that you're sitting at the piano bench recording? Really damn soon. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know, an hour? An hour, hour, within an hour. Oh, really? Yeah, within they get an sound, hour? Yeah, they get sounds, oh, and wow. then we cut two tracks, took a break, hung out, and had lunch, and then did two more tracks, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so did they play you the... the, the no, they didn't play you anything beforehand, because no, you, they just you, said, you, you know, listened to that at home. They just, yeah, they just said, do you know... Do you know these four tunes? All right. Said, yeah. Yeah, uh, key of G or whatever, yeah. uh, one, two, three, go. Yeah. How, there, were, there were no charts or anything. We oh, just played. Yeah. Wow. Oh, BB King. My goodness. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to play, play that now. So, uh, yeah, ain't nobody home. BB King. Some pain and misery Now you're standing On my doorstep
to love you Used to place no one else above you Gave you everything I own You can't come back here, girl You went on your way Girl, I hope and prayed, babe That you'd come back someday But time has made some changes Turned me upside down So you can beg me now mm -hmm. To forgive you oh, oh. But baby Oh, BB King. Oh, my goodness. Um, that's Ain't Nobody Home by BB uh, King, Daryl Hall, with uh, on keyboards, my guest sitting with me today here at Sitting with Jan Luca, uh, Brian Mitchell. And, uh, oh, wow, that's, you know, I, I don't want to sort of dig, I don't want to get too deep and, uh, and airy-fairy about this, but I always thought there was something zen about B.B. King. In, in, in the less is more thing. Oh, because absolutely. Be, be, well, for two things, I mean, first of all, everyone talks about his guitar playing, and I think, yes, of course, the but also he just always knew he he was had a brilliant mind for framing a song he had that and willie nelson's got the same talent oh yeah where you can throw him a song that's not remotely a quote bb king song but he knows how to make it a bb king song sure yeah and he even makes you two sound good yeah <laughs> a band who I don't think's ever sound good. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I didn't mean to wash out my laundry in public. Yeah. But but is he so? How? I mean, I guess I, uh, um, the question that I'm trying to dig out is how was he? I mean, how was he to work with? Um, Probably the easy, one of the easiest I've ever uh, worked with. Yeah, one of the easiest uh, performers because people like that that have done it, they're such pros. They uh, they just, they, you know, they know it's obvious the second you start, but they know how it's done. Yeah. And they, they make it look effortless even when it's not. Right. That's actually, um, I did some uh, some stuff with Dolly Parton. Uh-huh. And she was the same way. Yeah. They just make it look so easy. But if you know, you really, it's not as easy as it looks. Right, right. They're, and, they're, and they're so easy to work with because that's just how they do it, you know? Uh, it's, done it's best for them. You know, you work better. Like the Dolly thing, for instance. She, uh, the way she talked to the band was, you would do anything for it. Like she would say, "Oh, what you played, that was really nice. That was sweet." 
you know, would you mind doing it this way? And you're like, anything you want, Dolly, I'll do anything. Because <laughs> like, yeah. she's just there. Uh, they know how to get the best out of the people that they work oh, with. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, because there's a certain degree of... Well, I, uh, there's a question in this, I guess, for, for you that. does Would you say a musician, the secret... I always thought the secret of being a musician w- was two. First of all, it's not really... It's not really what you know how to play. It, it's what you hear, what you can hear, right? Uh, and the other th- thing is a bit more sort of airy-fairy maybe is that there has to be sort of some empathy. The empathy circuits have to be open, right? I mean, I, I guess you have to really... Am I, does that sound a bit uh, over no, no. the top? No, it's not. But that's not always the case. Oh, but, go on. But the really... Uh, the, the, my best memories are performers that are like that. I've worked with plenty that are not like that. Okay. And that's, then you labor. They, then it's, uh, oh, if they don't have that kind of thing, then it's more hard work. Oh, right. <laughs> the other thing you're talking about is a little more magical and beautiful and symbiotic. Yeah. Um, but the people that, uh, you know, let's say are demanding and ego oriented, that doesn't exist. Oh. So, oh, oh, there's no way. Totally different thing. <laughs> that's no that's when you're working for your money. Oh, that's when you're yeah, working. You yeah, might be staring at your watch a little bit. Okay. But oh, is, is that going to be cash or check? Yes. That's one of the. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but but I would think you have to have a certain degree of empathy for the song. Uh, you, if you don't have wait. it for the for the artist or for the other musicians. Certain, oh, I think so. Like, What's what we were saying earlier about Levon Helm. Yeah. Is uh, you serve the song. Oh right, and yeah, that's an yeah, ego. Yeah. That's an egoless way to play music. Yeah, and so those are the people I like to work with. So, so when you, oh, I guess this is a, I don't know if you have an answer for this, and if you don't, that's all right. But when you are playing in a a, a band or a combo, I guess it depends on the band. Anyway, I'll, I'll ask it to you this way. Is the only way I know how to ask it. If you, when you're working with a band. Who are you listening? Who are you locking in with to? Oh, you mean like is a within the band? Like yeah, I mean, I, I uh, mean, is there anyone particularly that you listen to that you lock, or does is that different? I mean, maybe there's no different. answer for that. Well, there's no answer for it, but there are a few things I lock into the the drummer for the time, okay, and the rhythm, um, and the singer, and listening to the words. All right, and uh, how to serve the words. And the vocalist. And because I do some singing myself, I'm very more attuned. And sometimes it's obvious with people that are not aware of that. Somebody be singing and they're playing over it and distracting. Yeah. Then it's obvious that they're not serving the songs. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and oh, well, so let me see. I should play something else, right? I'm going to play. Oh, by the way, I should just say, if you have just tuned in, uh, you are 36 minutes into sitting with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn and Resonance FM in the UK. Sitting with me is keyboard player and accordion player. Well, accordion's a keyboard too, I guess, but <laughs> Brian Mitchell, <laughs> sideman supremo. And um, also, if you are uh, tuned in, you know that we here at Radio Free Brooklyn are completely broke. So if you have any jingly jangly whatsoever on the Radio Free Brooklyn website, you can donate. There's donate buttons if you want a cap or a T-shirt. Um, if you um, don't really have much jingly jangly, we 
definitely understand. But you can help us for free. You can uh, tell a friend. You can uh, share and like Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. And um, our Amazon Smile has a section called Smile that you can pick us for your local not-for-profit. And we are very not-for-profit. And for every uh, $10 million that you spend, Jeff Bezos will give us a nickel. We will stretch that nickel. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, I'm going to, Brian, I'm going to shake you up and down and get some uh, change out of you too. And uh, yeah, Although you're a piano player, I'll probably just get a rubber band, won't I? Well, you saw, I, I had a gig last night, so you know I have a little bit of chance. Oh, life. good. Well, <laughs> hello, tip jars right over there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to play, um, let's see, do we, I wonder if we have, oh, well, I, I have to ask you about, well, I'm going to uh, play this with you and uh, and his, and Bob Dylan. And um, and then, well, you know, I'm going to have to ask you about him, but let's play a little bit on it off the off the return to me. Was this off time out of mind? No, this was around that. It was it was uh, featured in the Sopranos. Oh, oh, oh it was only for Sopranos. Yeah. Oh, it was recorded it's on the soundtrack for, for the Sopranos. Oh, all righty. OK, so let's hear a little bit of this. Oh, Bob Dylan, return to me. Oh, hello. Well, all that, and it didn't happen. Oh, 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 look at that. What on earth went wrong here? Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's why. Oh, here it is. Return to me. Ah, my dear, I'm so lonely. of his royal bobness of Dylan. Oh, 
return to me with my uh, guest sitting with me here at Radio Free Brooklyn and Resonance FM, uh, Brian Mitchell. And uh, sorry, Brian, I don't know. You probably asked this all, all year long, but I mean, you recorded with his royal bobness of Dylan, probably the most enigmatic and famous human being uh, in the whole history, other than Jesus, probably. Um, <laughs> so, so how and uh, what? And uh, I don't know. Did you, I mean, what's that recording session like? We've done been on a few of his cuts. I think. Yeah, but that particular one, uh, I could probably write a book on. Oh, go! I don't know how long it was—six hours—but a million things happened that were very Bob-like. Oh, yeah. I felt like I got to be part of that world. But originally, I got the call because this—they uh, needed a track for the Sopranos, and he's doing a Dean Martin song, an old Dean Martin song. So um, Tony Gardier, who I played with over the years many times, his musical director, called me up to do it. And, um, you know, I've told people to, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the things that, you know, we all have a skill set we do. And I think my skill set was very, I feel like I was the, you know, one of the perfect guys for that, that gig because I'm a Dylan fanatic, but I also grew up listening to Dean Martin Mm. with my family in the Bronx. So, uh, you know, so I was like, you know, I felt confident going in there playing Dean Martin music with Bob Dylan. Um. And especially with the Sopranos, uh-huh. because that added a whole other layer to, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm not saying, you know. So, yeah. So, so, so my family, I'm not day? saying my family were criminals in any way. I'm no, 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 no. Anyway, uh, hey, but I'm familiar with the lifestyle. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's okay, and it's nobody's business, yes, and that's all right. I'm just <laughs> glad that I've been nice to you. Uh, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say my, my, uh, my uncle one time when I moved back to New York, and I moved back to the Bronx, and he said, Brian, I got you this, this, this an Italian restaurant uh, five nights a week, the rest of your life. You can play Italian songs, and you'll be set. And I knew what the implications of that were. Yes. And I said, you know, Uncle Moses, I think it's time for me to head <laughs> yeah. down. You know? And he goes, I'm handing you off you know, on a silver platter. I said, I'm sure it's a very kind offer, but I must refuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. Good job you did. Yes, <laughs> I think it was for the best. <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah. So working with his role, Bobness of Dylan. Well, go on. Did you? I mean, does he talk to his? Did you like talk to him, or does he come in and just cut it? He's known for doing really quick sessions, but yes, and everything was very fast. <laughs> um, uh, but the uh, and again, I don't want to talk out of school, but I, you know, I kind of have a big mouth. So, and I'm, you know, the older you get, the more you don't care. So, <laughs> right. uh, I well so you know, I was actually told to. You know, when you play with him, you don't really talk to him uh. and you don't look at him and you don't, think, you know, whatever. And uh, so then I thought I might be going down in flames because that's just not how I do. And so when we did the session, I would like hit him on the back. Go, Bob, that was badass, man. And the vibe, <laughs> you know, was like, oh, man, you definitely you definitely shouldn't hit him. This is what I was getting. But he seemed to like that. Yeah. So he started hitting me back. Going, yeah. All right, Brian, make it happen or something. He kept some. So then we hit it off, and we had a good time. Oh, right. Yeah, very nice. Uh, but the, here's the other story, which is uh, the third verse was sung all in Italian. And so he was mangling it, you know, just it was hor- horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, finally his manager says, somebody get me an Italian. We need an Italian. <laughs> and so they made a phone call, and this Italian supermodel walks into the room to teach him a <laughs> And she doesn't know who he is. Yes. And so he's singing, and she's like, this guy is terrible. 
He's the worst Italian singer. Oh, my God. She's yelling the screen. And he's digging it. He's laughing. Oh, and buddy. So that was, like, worth the whole price of admission. Right oh, there. that's so funny. Yeah. So, so when you get a call like that, do you meet the first time in the studio? Does yeah. he play? Oh, right. And he plays you. He played you that demo. Oh, no, you knew the song already. I right? knew the song already. So, so no, we never practiced it. We, um, and here's another little thing about that particular song. We did three tracks that day. Yeah. But there is, at the end of the song, a little accordion condenser. Everything drops out, and I play this little accordion flourish, and then we finish the song. And we did it, I don't know how many times, six times. And each time I nailed it, and I'm feeling good. The seventh time, I hit a bum note at the end of it, and Bob said, that's the take. And I was like, oh, oh my. And so actually, similar to the B.B. King thing we talked about. Yeah, I said, yeah. You know, I could go uh, punch that in. And he goes, why would you want to do that? I said, there's just oh. that little thing. And he goes, yeah, that little thing's cool. And, oh. and now when I hear it, it's like, yeah, oh, it is. It's oh. a little, you know, he didn't want it perfect. He wanted a little something, oh. a little funkiness to it. So, do you, so yeah. you don't cringe when you hear it? Not anymore. Oh, For you a did long first? time I cringed, but oh, now it's, it has a certain charm to it. So. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. So, so I guess I'm trans going to transpose the questions I asked you with the BB King with, with Bob Dylan. I mean, again, you walk in the studio. Hey, this is Bob. This is Brian. I don't know. I mean, Bob Dylan is uh, hello, Brian. <laughs> I don't know and if then, he said hello, Brian. I don't. Oh, not so. even right. No, but he nodded and smiled a little bit. And and then how how often then after how long are you all sitting down? Are you all doing it live? You're yes, doing all live. Everything right? was live. And and after how long were you sitting down playing? After well, what you walked immediately. in? Oh, oh, immediately. Yeah. Oh, like twenty minutes or something, really? Yeah, like that. Oh wow. Oh, so in and out, no no messing around. No, but we were there for a while. But uh, okay. But there was none of this like with BB King saying hanging out drinking coffee yeah, talking yeah. about the old days. There was very little of that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We just played music and, and that All was right. it. Yeah. yeah Although there was one Bob thing that I really loved is we we did a Hank Williams song that ended up on one of his other records. Um, and in it, since we're doing it live and no one's sure what to do, uh, in between the breaks, people were hesitant. Like, is it a solo? Is it nothing? So nobody did anything in between him singing. So the producer or somebody said, uh, so... We can overdub guitar solos. He says, why do you want to do that? He goes, and they said, because nothing's happening. And Bob goes, what's wrong with nothing? I said, ooh. Yeah, wow, yes. Bob, man, get down. Brilliant. Yes. Oh, the Zen master. The Zen master. Ball. Yeah, I love saying that. <laughs> so what's wait, wrong did, with a little nothing, man? What's wrong with a little nothing? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. it is, isn't it? Which, which is B.B. Which is King all over, right? Because very, you know, minimal, like the bare, you know, how do you communicate with this very little... Oh, I mean, B.B. King, economics. four notes, four notes. Yeah, oh, uh, and, one and a, note, I'll tell you what, B.B. King, one note, you know it's B.B. King. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, but he's done, like, whole great solos on just, like, four notes. Yeah. And, uh, no chords, of course, uh, legendary, I mean, uh, knowingly. So, 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 because <laughs> I remember this, this reading this interview with uh, Roger McGuinn, and he's talking about Rolling Thunder and how it was such a great communal experience and everyone's hanging out and Joni Mitchell's playing guitar at the back and everyone's harmonizing and everyone's holding hands old lang sign come all ye faithful a great big cuddle puddle of love and togetherness and everything and the, the interviewer asked oh so like was bob really having a good time and then roger mcguinn pauses and goes nah he he was in a different bus by himself <laughs> i don't know 
yeah. I don't know if that's apocryphal or not. Oh, see, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, but yeah, yeah. I could see that. Oh, no oh but you can see that. But oh, he's yeah. like pretty much just get in, record, and thank you, good night, right? Yeah. And I, and I know a lot of people that I've worked with him. Yeah. And I've never heard anyone say you did a session and then you hung out and talked to Bob. All right. That yeah. just doesn't, yeah. from what I understand, doesn't really happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, I always thought it was, uh, I don't know, I always, I always think of, See, I think he's very, very funny. I think he's a wonderful... Oh, he, I'll tell you what. Oh, the yeah. radio show that he has yes. on Sirius, yeah. his humor comes out where, Absolutely. I, you know, I, I've always thought he was funny, but he's particularly funny yeah. on those shows. Uh, and and also, I would guide anyone uh, who is uh, has a glass to the wall and is eavesdropping on our conversation to go to... There's a YouTube clip of um, Jack Nicholson presenting bob dylan with a prize it's it's a i don't know lifetime of something service or some bunk like that and it's and <laughs> i mean they're both they're both pretty um uh how should we say lit up let's say they're rather <laughs> jolly the both of them right, <laughs> extremely right. jolly and it is the funniest three minutes probably on all of youtube and and and, and bob dylan comes up and he makes a speech that is just hysterical uh, I don't know. Uh, 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 anyway, wonderful talent. Sorry, I didn't mean to make this a Bob Dylan radio no, no, no. hour. There's very few people <laughs> that I've met that have actually recorded with him. So, so you get the. Uh, so you're it. I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> and I will tell you one thing, and this probably could be. Yeah. This might end up where I, I might not ever work with Bob again because you're not supposed to really talk about this stuff. But at the end of the session, we were told distinctly you can't tell anyone that you played with bob and then because of the sopranos there was a secrecy with that so you can't tell anyone you did this until you get official uh, you know that you're allowed to yeah so i did the session up at clinton hill studios in Manhattan, and i went downtown i think i went to the 11th street bar as mm. a matter of fact and the bartender said hey what are you doing i said don't tell anyone i just did a dealer session but hey you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I couldn't help it. I mean, you know, I'm really usually hard. pretty good with secrets, but yeah, but I, I kind of cracked. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, I'm gonna play. Oh, I'm going to play. Well, I don't know, Les Paul and Billy Gibbons. I have you here playing with Les Paul and Billy Gibbons. I've got a Billy Gibbons story relative to this track after you play it yeah 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 let, 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 let's listen to the track first so here it is uh uh yes bad case of loving you whoops hey, what did i do human error all right here we go whoops wait 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 this is how it goes <laughs>
I love having an early evening headbang. <laughs> All right, well, that's Bad Case of Loving You here at Sitting with Jan Luca at Radio Free Brooklyn and Resonance FM in the UK. Uh, I am Jan Luca. Sitting with me, yes, is Brian Mitchell, keyboard player on that cut. Let me slide, fade it out carefully. Yeah. And I've got a Bill Gibbons story. I was in a band, I did that, but. As which was the case with the entire Les Paul record, we recorded as a rhythm section, and then all the famous people overdubbed okay. their parts. So I wasn't there, even though the liner notes look spectacular. Yeah, there's like I'm with Keith Richards, and I'm with yeah. you know Daryl, whatever the ones they were. They, they were never at the, the, the during the recording that we did. So, uh, so I'm in a band that's opening for ZZ Top. And I'm sitting there having dinner, and Billy Gibbons is on the next table. Oh, after the recording, after like sometime later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different thing. And so I want to talk, you know, like go say hello to him, but you know, I don't want to really bother him. <laughs> you know, he's the headliner. And then I hear him say, "You know, I did a Les Paul record with these New York cats. Never met one of them." <laughs> and I said, "Oh my!" So I I leaned in. I said, "Now you met one of them, bro." Oh. I wanted to, and he goes, "Man, sit down. God, it's a pleasure to meet you." And then I sat and had a great. Oh. An hour and a half dinner with Billy Gibbons. So every <laughs> once in a while, the Lord just throws you a nice, oh, nice ball one. over the plate for you to knock out of the ballpark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Phenomenal player, phenomenal oh. player, Billy. G and 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 one of the great weird people in rock and roll. Oh, I would yeah. have to say. Oh, yeah. He's very creative. His solo records are very cool. Too. Oh, they're very, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're very, very cool. But yeah. he's also one of. I mean, I, I met him once. Not, not he wouldn't remember it, and that's fine. And uh, but he's like, oh yes, he's just the right side of weird. He's he's <laughs> he lives. He does. He lives in his own sort of, you know. His, he lives in Billy Gibbons land, I think. Right. Well, you spent an hour and a half with him. He, yeah. He's lovely, isn't he? Yeah. Well, then I actually did a little research about him, and there's. A lot more going on than meets the eye. I mean, he's from a. I mean, of course, a dude from Texas, but his father was a conductor of a symphony orchestra. Oh, I think in Houston or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. um, and he went to art school, and so he's a very thoughtful, creative dude. Even yeah, with yeah. like the image and everything, he's that's him. You know, it's it, it might appear like it's like beer and uh, hot chicks and cars, but right? There's a very a lot of thought that went into that whole oh. image, you know. No, that doesn't surprise me. He, yeah. he he plays he plays with an intelligence. Yes, that unquestionably. That, you know, uh, I sort of liken him to sort of a heavy version of someone like Mick Taylor, maybe who, yeah, who yeah. has a certain intelligence to to his his playing. Uh, he 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 doesn't quite follow a, a furrowed field. He goes a little bit off. He goes into Billy Gibbons land, and then I agree. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, cool. Sure. Oh, I've just seen the. Oh yeah, well, all right. Well, I think I think we're gonna have to say goodbye. So oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have you pick then the um, a track. Oh wow, look, there's two really cool things. Well, um, I am going to sign off. So I'm gonna say if you have just tuned in, you've just missed sitting with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn 
and Resonance FM in the UK. Sitting with me has been Brian Mitchell. Um, you can get in touch with me at Instagram at Sitting with GT. Uh, I answer to all correspondents, so don't be shy. And also, um, this will be uh, there's a Spotify playlist with some of the tracks that we've played and many more that Brian Mitchell has been on. And uh, also, this will be downloadable on Spotify. Oh, I don't know, in a couple of weeks, a week or so, something like that. And uh, all right, uh, Brian, I want to thank you for for sitting with me. This it was my uh, pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, and well, you should say like, do you have a website? How do people get your record? Come and see your play. Uh, all it's uh, I put it on um, Apple Music and uh, a few of the other digital mediums that uh, you know, oh, wherever. <laughs> wherever. It's kind of, to be honest, it's like, I'm not so hip when it comes to the, uh, <laughs> but they're out there in digital formats. And Somewhere. if you see me at a gig, yeah, I yeah. have a physical CD you could buy. But you got a website? Yes, BrianMitchellMusic.net. Mitchell, M I T C H E L L. Is that net. right? Yes. Oh, yeah, I get an A plus for that, right? Yes, you do. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> what do you want? What do you want us to play out with? Uh, tango, tango, play that one. Oh, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah, nice ni nice choice. All right, so here it is, Tango, uh, with my uh, guest Brian Mitchell off his brand spanking new uh, CD, LP, 8-track cassette. <laughs> <laughs> out, out wherever you can find these things. Thank you for listening. Uh -huh.